What are you having to drink? Tea? Coffee? Tea, please. How do you have your tea? Milk, no sugar. Thank you. Strong? Weak? Mm, Strongish, yeah. I have my tea like that. everyone, welcome to Recruit Tea. I'm your host Emily Furbank and we're going to be spilling the tea on the good, the bad and the ugly of the recruitment industry. I'm going to be joined by an array of different people with various different backgrounds so we can get their point of view on what makes a real successful recruitment business. Come and join me for some tea. Thank you very much. Cheers. So, got the man himself today. Oh, that's hot. <laughs> so we've got Kyle from our very own audition today, and we're going to be talking about the whole setup, really, getting okay. all the goss, the good and the bad of starting up a business. <laughs> the goss. Um, so talk us through. So you've been in recruitment for what, twelve years? I nearly lost my tea then, all over you. Um, yeah, it would be 13 years next year. So talk us through that journey up until the point that you realised, right, I'm going to set up Audition. What, what was it like? The journey. Um, how much detail do you want? Well, we've only got half an hour, so don't, don't go too fast. <laughs> okay, could waste a good 28 minutes on that. Um, so, like many people, fell into recruitment. Um, I went to university in the states on a soccer nice. scholarship. Well, I studied for a master's, so I did two years. Um, came out of that, did about eighteen months uh, in direct sales. Okay. Basically, trying to find a way to stay in the country and couldn't, so I <laughs> eventually got kicked out. Kicked out. Um, Came back home to Manchester, fell into recruitment. Um, classic story of uh, applied to a ad that was a rec-to-rec ad, but I didn't realise. Yeah, you didn't realise yeah. what it was. Um, yeah. And then ended up getting a job working for S3, so Computer Futures, part of their, their tech brand, obviously. Um, did very well pretty quickly. I say pretty quickly. I probably had a slow start. It probably took me about six months to get off the mark, but then did really well after that. Um, and then, yeah, from there I got the chance to move to Dubai um, to help them launch a contract business so they didn't have one out there. Um, left S3, ended up in America with recruitment, uh, had kids out there, came back, um, worked for Lawrence Harvey where I'd say that was probably where a lot of these ideas started to form around what we now have today. And yeah. I was probably quite fortunate that they had a fairly forward-thinking marketing team and uh, the owner of that business is an absolute ledge, so it was just like, yeah, if you think there's a better way, go and do it. Yeah. But be it on your head if, <laughs> if yeah, it didn't yeah, work yeah. type of thing. Yeah, I was going to ask that. Was there like a pinnacle moment where you thought, right, I'm ready now, I've yeah. got everything? Well, I've been, go I've been very honest about this so by the time I got back to the UK I'd been out of the country for four or five years so obviously I've, I've predominantly been in this market my whole recruitment career give or take um, but I'd been out of the country a while I'd, I'd been in like non-billing roles for 
practically the same amount of time, probably yeah. three or four years. Um, and I'd just seen a shift in how recruitment was moving, right? So I'd started to observe a few things and I just thought there's got to be a better way to, I, I guess I'd, I'd been in environments often and I don't know why, but I'd started something from scratch. So even when I started at S3, it was a, a new market yeah, that okay. they'd not really done before. So that was a new thing. And then those kind of um, starting something from scratch just got bigger and bigger. So, you know, I'd been in environments where I was starting a brand new office, which is practically what I did for Lawrence Harvey. So launching a, a Lawrence Harvey brand in Manchester that they didn't have. Yeah. So no real client base, no candidates. Um, and for me, that was just, I was just thinking, there's got to be a better way than just starting to smash through switchboards. Yeah. Trying to pitch and sounding like every other recruiter, Recruit. basically. Yeah. That was the, and that was the where the kind of the idea formed around community building. Yeah. As a as a kind of you know point of of leverage, add value first, and then build relationships off it. Basically. Yeah. Well, let's talk into that then. So, our vision are obviously very kind of community led. What kind of benefits have you seen from that? And how can other companies achieve that? Because I think a lot of recruitment businesses, as you say, quite transactional, but we are going into kind of a community content-led driven environment now, I think. How, how can people add that approach to their business in, a, in an easy way? So I think the, the key thing here, and if I'm being really candid, this is something that I'd learned and probably kind of looked out with a little bit in the sense of the, the at the starting point it was very much uh, right this this can be a better way there can be a better way to do things the whole purpose of it though was still to leverage it from a recruitment standpoint mm. right so from a sales standpoint um, however I think what I probably unknowingly did quite well was that I I was consistent with it and I carried on building relationships so I, I kind of saw saw some return on that quite quickly now I think where I see loads of recruitment businesses start and stop and ultimately fail is because they see this as a as a kind of quick route to market yeah where it's like we'll host an event and then we'll get some business from it yeah or we'll host a podcast and you know so 2018 I started hosting events there weren't many other recruitment companies doing events then. 2019, I started podcasting. There weren't many, you know, but now every recruitment company does events. Most recruitment companies do podcasts. Yeah. But often they start and then they stop because they it's it's almost like a, something that they do to win business. And then, you know, like, and we've seen, I've seen it, you know, if we bring us to present day for a second, like, I see it quite a lot now. So there's a lot of things happening in the market because the market's quiet, quietened a little bit. Um, where now all of a sudden, you know, these other, you know, we're now doing a mentorship scheme. That was like the next iteration of innovation, right, yeah. for us. Yeah, yeah. Now other people are kind of doing that. So it's, these things pop up, but very few people stick with it. So I think, I, I think you've just got to be, if you're going to do it and you want to do it properly, you've got to commit to it. And I think that's the thing, you know, I, I don't know whether it was luck. I don't know, you know, I can't put my finger on what it was, but I guess effectively I, I just... I started and I stuck to it. It had been really easy for me to stop, and that's what I see most recruitment companies do. They start and they stop because if they don't see immediate returns, they're like, this doesn't work. Yeah. I can categorically say it does work and it will work, but you've got to do it um, from the right place. If you're doing it just to win business, yeah. as opposed to 
actually doing it to add value to a community, then you're probably doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. So that's that'd be my key message is like it's a lot it's a lot of work to put in even to host one event it's a lot of work it's a lot of cost um so if you're not doing it and trying to sustain it then yeah you know, of course. Just, just carry on doing what you're doing yeah and you mentioned about kind of people set up businesses and it can be very kind of stop and start what do you think the key things are if someone was to start a business what are the things that people forget are actually really important to realize what are the things that are overlooked and you're like oh didn't even think that was going to be a thing set up a business <laughs> um that's a great question honestly you don't you don't even think about our things yeah like even though i'd you know ran big teams and pnls for the businesses like just things don't even cross your mind you know so you're thinking about i don't know like corporation tax payroll yeah. right like chasing invoices like cash flow happen. like stuff just business stuff that you know when you work for someone else like you know you're going to get paid yeah all right you might you know your commission might fluctuate you know your team's going to get paid you don't know behind the scenes there's someone scrambling around on a hamster wheel chasing yeah. clients down for <laughs> yeah, for invoices right so i think a lot of that operational stuff is very alien at, at the start um and i think you know often what you don't realize and I've said this quite openly before. People are often a product of their environment, right? And and I was under. Now I can safely say that looking back, I was successful because I was in an environment where I had the infrastructure to be successful. Yeah. At the time, I just thought I was the boy, right? Um, but I think you get you get a lot of people that as soon as you put them into this type of environment where there's multiple things going on. The only thing they know how to do is to do recruitment, right? So to win clients and fill jobs, and that's fine, but that will only take you so far. So I think you've got to start, think, my advice would always be to start thinking early about how you're going to put a structure around the business, having the right infrastructure, if your plan is to try and grow something. Because otherwise, you know, you just get caught in that hamster wheel of next client, next deal, next client, next deal. And you just ultimately, and and even, you know, our business to a certain extent, I've, I've, I've become the bottleneck in many situations without realising it and then I'm like, oh, okay, right now I need to do yeah. something about that. So I think yeah. that would be the, the key thing. Yeah. And obviously, just as recruitment, having a business, there's always going to be highs and lows to this. And it's without saying, like, any business is going to have a high and low. So what would you say that when you've had a low in the business, how have you come back from that? And when you look back at it now, what did you actually benefit anything from having those lows? Because people always say, like, you've got to go through the rough to to kind of get to the top. Mm. What what kind of struggles have you seen and then off the back of it seen real reward from it? I think that's, um, I think that's a really good question. So, obviously, we started the business here in September 2020, right, which um, I guess looking back was a pretty mental time to start a yeah. business, right? So we were, we're, in, we were locked down. Um, but since that point, the, the market really up until the start of this year has been in a boom, right? So it was, if I'm being really candid, it was all success, 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 record month, record month, record quarter, like most businesses were through that period. Um, I think in hindsight, I'd probably have loved to start in a more normal market because we've built a business here on, I guess, the perception of what the market has been. Um, 
and I think now, so what what have I learned from that? Some some pretty key key things I'd say, and that comes back to that structure conversation, yeah. right? So um, the, this business has grown by demand because the demand was so high through that period. So obviously we're very big on content and social and LinkedIn and events and communities and all of that stuff and that drove because the demand in the market was so high that just drove a load of inbound traffic to us so even sat here today pretty much all of our business has come inbound to us which you know on the one hand is a brilliant achievement on the other hand now we're sat here in a slightly different market yeah not 100% equipped for the market that we're in yeah so you know we that growing by demand just that needed to happen because we were in a period of time where we just needed to capitalize on the market conditions um as with anything when you're in the midst of it you just you're kind of still on that hamster wheel trying to do a million things but you're just hoping to get the most out of that time um but then when the market you know dipped and obviously there was all uncertainty at the start of this year uh economically you then realize oh, hang on we've we grew by just putting bums in seats at the right time and that at that time was absolutely the right thing to do yeah but now we're probably the structure isn't right for what we need moving forward yeah. and i think that's you know going back to what you said what's what have you learned i'd say it's it's that if you're going to grow think about it and design yeah. design how you where you want to get to um as opposed to hiring based on the the needs right now because yeah. further down the line then what you tend to find is you, you have to unfortunately make changes yeah i know that that makes complete sense and then with that the hiring as well so the internal side of hiring i suppose when you're a smaller business you don't think about oh i'm gonna need to really scale up at any certain pace and you see a lot of recruitment companies do the whole just gonna hire loads of people what have you found or what do you think you've learned in terms of moving forward is going to be the best way for recruitment companies to hire? What do you think the the right order is? If you were to do it all again, what is the right way to hire for a business, a recruitment business? Well, I think, first of all, that's massively contextual to the type of business you're in, right? Um, and, and where you're at on your journey. Obviously, there's some businesses there that just, you know, they have a grad model and they scale, you know, hire 10 two will work out and they just yeah. do that every quarter yeah. or whatever the case may be um we were quite intentional with we wanted to hire experienced people at the start now that's not to say that down the line we you know we won't hire more junior people because we we will um but again i think it's just being a little bit more intentional about where you're trying to to get to um <laughs> and obviously you sat here as our internal recruiter. <laughs> you can probably answer this yeah, question yeah. better than I can. It's it's hard, right? Because there's a load of things that you want to do, and often you've got to prioritise. Right? What is the thing that we need the most at this point in time? Now, in a small business, the other the flip side of that coin is that the reality is it's often people led, right? So, you know, I can sit here and say, right, well, we've got this role, we've got this role, and we've got this role. Um, but then you interview someone that isn't right for any of those roles theoretically, but they're absolutely brilliant. They can add value in other ways. And sometimes, you know, um, probably contradicting what I'm saying now about being intentional <laughs> around hiring, but sometimes in a small business, it is about getting the right people 
So getting really good people into the business that can add value, finding where their strengths are, putting them in that seat, and letting them, letting them add, letting them add, add value. Um, so it's hard to say, you know, what the right yeah. thing is. Um, I think obviously what we've done very differently to most recruitment businesses is we've been very intentional on hiring in terms of content and marketing and all of that type of stuff because that's really, you know, the fuel of of our business, right? That's like yeah. the, the engine room of, of what we do. Um, so, you know, I'm in certain WhatsApp groups with other recruitment leaders where they'll, you know, they're a business of 100 people and they've got one or two marketing people. Right? Yeah. Uh, half of our businesses marketing Marketing. people so um, again it's about being intentional with what what model are you going for yeah no I was just I was just thinking then when I was thinking about kind of our internal team 100% we've definitely gone through that kind of marketing and branding side what kind of benefits obviously speaking to to Kat as well at, at some point about the branding but what kind of benefits have you seen from owner in really kind of embracing marketing because a lot of companies don't fully understand the marketing and branding side and therefore don't invest in it so I remember when I was speaking to marketing people they really appreciated that we are a business that has that at the forefront what can a recruitment company learn from really having marketing at the forefront what kind of benefits are they going to see then I think look you know the the branding and marketing piece exists to help grow and scale the business right so the the whole purpose of it is to um, develop and acquire more high quality high value clients um, more high quality high value candidates like in a nutshell that's what it all comes back to but I guess just the the model by which what we have is that it puts that community piece front and center um, and then the mark, the, the content and the marketing almost supports that, right? So I mean, you see, you see a lot of businesses now they they they're getting into this whole digital marketing social thing, right? Yeah. And it, it becomes very much it's just purely content, and the risk is that it becomes noise. Yeah. So there's a load of value in it if you do it the right way, and I'm not saying that it has to be community led first. That just happened to be, uh, I guess, by you know by almost by accident that was that was how it worked for me is that we started to build the community and then the content piece on a more personal level came to fruition and i use that community stuff as the content yeah if that makes sense yeah so it kind of it kind of they fueled each other um i think ultimately look you either you either into it or you're not yeah you see I get in so many conversations with recruitment owners where they they kind of want to be into it because it's almost seen as the cool thing to do, but yeah. deep down you you know that they're not that into it. So it's like there's no point in investing into it because you you've got to commit. If you're not yeah. going to commit, it's pointless. It's funny, like I sit and think of it even now, like coming from a recruitment background and talking about it and thinking about it. It, it just sounds like a no-brainer for a, if you're going to start a business to go that way. But then it's almost like when people do want to lean into that it's so hard to get right when you've already kind of set up your own name to then go into that community piece is going to be a struggle and what do you think what do you think that struggle is where do you think that barrier is where people are really struggling to get through is it because they've left it too late or I i don't think it's ever a case of leaving it too late i think often you know habits are ingrained in people yeah right um, 
and again, yeah, I don't, I don't know why. For me, it just it kind of clicked, and I, you know, having success with it quite early definitely helped. Um, but yet, you know, if you if you're a recruitment business that's been around for twenty years and your model is smash the phones, yeah. spec CVs, and then all of a sudden you try and change that to be right, we're going to flip it on its head and we're going to be content first and marketing first. You're gonna have a load of people in your business that are like, "What the hell yeah, are we doing? Yeah, like, yeah. This isn't who we are." So you almost need to, again, about hiring intentionally. You almost need to hire people that uh, either get it or have experienced that before. Yeah. And I think if we're really candid, that's where we've probably had some struggles. Right? Is that yeah. we we hired people that on paper were absolutely the right people to hire, interviewed really well. I think this is the thing. What I've realised is everyone wants to be part of a journey like this. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, like everybody. It's exciting. Everybody will. You know, if we you turn and say, right, look, what we don't do, we don't do much cold calling because we we build communities. We add a load of value. We get a load of inbound stuff, but all the outreach we do do is is warm or warmer than our competitors. Yeah. Obviously, we're a model that's fully retained. You know, it's very much solution orientated, um, blah, 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 blah. There isn't a recruiter sat there who's currently sat in a seat where they're being targeted on sending 10 spec CVs a day yeah. that doesn't look at this and think, oh, that's interesting. But the reality is, is we've, re- we've had first-hand experience when we put them in this environment, it, the, the, the ability to still then execute on that is difficult because it's just a different way of working. Yeah, so it's a mindset. They just get pulled back into when things aren't going well, or think you know times are tough. They get pulled back into well, oh, well, should we just should we spec CVs or should we do this because it's they've had success with that and that's what I mean. There's no, I don't think there's a right or wrong. Yeah, there's just different ways of getting to the same. So obviously you've come from a contingent background. I've come from a contingent background. I fully understand kind of how how this works and it makes complete sense. But how did you adapt to that way of work? And obviously it was kind of your own idea, so it was probably a little bit easier. But did you did, was it a struggle to come out of that kind of cold calling BD mindset? I think I probably had the benefit of I'd been, as I said, I'd been out of the country off the tools. So for me, if I'm honest, it was probably a mechanism to to try and expedite a journey. Okay. You know, so I start. I was in an environment where it was a brand new office in a different geography where we had no clients, no candidates. So it was a, a complete build from scratch. Yeah. Um, and I think, to be honest with you, you know, it was a case of, and I've always been this way, right? I've always been, let's try it. What's the worst that could happen, right? Even yeah. like when. I moved abroad. It was like, well, yeah, I'm going to Dubai. If, it, yeah. if you don't like it, I'll come home. Like that's yeah. that's just kind of the way I am. But I guess, you know, so we, I started on the premise of, well, let's let me just call a few people. Let me see. First of all, let me test. If I approach people who, in theory, could be hiring managers, as an example, and I approach them about, I'm trying to build this community, or you know, and it's going to start with an event, or whatever the case may be. Firstly, are they more receptive to that than they would be if I just, you know, got any jobs? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, arrive through their switchboard and start pitching them. Yeah. Um, so, are they more receptive to that? And and then secondly, like, does it work? Like, do, does the conversation go anywhere? And I think literally the first or second call 
that I had based on that, you know, was uh, turned into a, a client, you know. So, and I'll be honest, I was completely winging it. It was a, here's, I've got this idea. Yeah. You know, and at the time, as I said, we were probably one of very few recruitment companies who were doing that. I had, I had a definite advantage in that there were some data leadership events going on but predominantly London in the capital yeah. so because it was very much a northern thing they were, they were, you know, people were receptive to it because they were like oh well I love going to events but normally I've got to travel to London and blah 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 so that worked in my favour. So no I would just to kind of wrap up with with this then so if you were to start all over again or you were speaking to someone that wanted to start a recruitment business what are your main bits of advice and things to remember when you're setting up a recruitment business? <laughs> Don't <Sorry>. do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't bother. Um, God, there's so much in there. So I think um, a few things I'd say at the start, dis- decide what you want to stand for. Like what, what is the approach? What is the model? I'd say that's the first thing because I see a lot of businesses they start they try something they think then they could try something else or do something better and they, they kind of change tact and they continuously and there's nothing wrong with that right everyone's yeah. got to adapt and evolve but I think ultimately you need to stand for something I think that'd be the the first thing that I'd, that I'd say and then again back to think try and think 12 18 months down the line okay. um, I think if there's probably one mistake I've, I've, well, I've made a ton of mistakes, but if there's one mistake that I think we would have propelled us further forward now, it would be if 18 months ago I was thinking that we probably will be sat here, I'd have possibly made some different decisions. Okay. Um, so again, I think it comes back to you know being intentional with your structure and your hiring. Um, and I think if you you know if we're talking about the whole marketing and content piece again, consistency is key. So if you're gonna if that if you're gonna go with that, commit to doing it. Yeah. If you're doing it just because it's kind of flavour of the month, um, then you're probably doing it for the wrong reasons. I'd yeah. say those are probably the three key things. Yeah. So with that in mind, then just the second point you made, start thinking about kind of where you want to be 12 to 18 months. Where do you want to be in 12 to 18 months? <laughs> Good question. Um, so I think I think where 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 we need to be in twelve to eighteen months is have um, a a more a better balance in terms of structure, and I think that's you know referring to where we've we've been start of this year. The market changed a bit, and we were okay, like we're lobs lopsided, too lopsided, right? Yeah. Um, so twelve to eighteen months, I think we need to be further along in our journey, but with the right structure in place that's going to you know um, the right structure and infrastructure to help us yeah. scale and, and grow um, I'd be disappointed if in 18 months time you know we're not we're not either in an international office or speaking about an international office um, but again everything in between now and then will be completely dictated by the performance of the business right and I think yeah. that's what makes it scary but also exciting exciting yeah yeah no fair enough well thanks i am going to ask now rate my tea out of 10 oh out of 10 
It was oh, a five. solid seven and a half. Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take that. Thanks. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Thanks for joining me on Recruit Tea. If you don't already, please do subscribe and leave us a review. And please do join us next time on Recruit Tea for some more gossip. See you soon. <laughs>